The book of Psalms tonight, Psalms chapter number 33, Psalms chapter number 33, and we are going to read uh, all 22 verses of this Psalms, and uh, I am going to revisit a uh, very old outline, uh, otherwise known as some notes written in my uh, Bible as I was uh, been thinking about what to bring tonight and uh, getting ready to go into a series, and uh, this will kind of tie in uh, with kind of what's turned out to be the theme of the day on Sunday. Um, as I um, uh, we looked at some things going on in our nation, and uh, certainly look at our role as a child of God. Uh, and so tonight uh, we'll look at Psalms 33, and uh, we'll read the entire. Uh, chapter this evening, and then I want to make some observations, some practical observations, but that are vital uh, in uh, God blessing a nation, God blessing a church, God blessing a home, God blessing a marriage. Uh, it's important that we have the blessings of God. Uh, one reason why we've gotten in the situation that we're in in our country is America for a while now has taken uh, for granted the blessings of God. And uh, we, uh, we need to always be grateful and always do what is necessary uh, to get God's attention so that we have his blessings. And so uh, we look at uh, some things this evening that will be a help to us. Follow along with me in Psalms chapter number 33, beginning with verse number 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harps, sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. A great verse. Verse 5, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Uh, society's got to decide they believe what God says, the Bible says, about where this world came from um, or, or not. Uh, verse uh, number 7, He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depths in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations. Notice, <coughs> excuse me, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. Horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord, he is our help and our shield, for our hearts shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. I'm going to look at this entire chapter tonight, and it's all going to center around what we see in verse number 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Uh, there, the Bible tells us how to be blessed. Uh, the Bible tells us 
that we need the blessings of God. Uh, we've, we've, we see, uh, and, I, and I addressed a lot of this on Sunday, we see it playing out right before our eyes, a, the turn away from God, and in many cases the mockery of the things of God. Uh, but tonight I want us to focus on this psalm and what it does for us and what it can do for us as we look at that verse, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let's ask, let's ask, ask God to help us. Father, I pray that you would uh, work in our hearts tonight. May we look at these truths and these promises. May we hold to them. Uh, may we uh, be secure in our foundation as the world around us uh, changes. And Father, I pray that you would uh, strengthen your people tonight. May uh, we hold fast to the truths of your word. Uh, may we press forward uh, doing your work. And Father, may your church uh, continue to be a light in this world we live in. We ask this in Christ's name. We pray. Amen. I don't think anybody would argue that we are blessed in our nation. Uh, our country has been a country that has been blessed. You look at the very founding of our nation, and it is obvious, it is evident that God's hand uh, has been very much uh, involved in the not just the founding, but the preserving uh, of our nation. Uh, if you read our history, uh, there, there's no explanation that man can make uh, for uh, a bunch of farmers defeating the most powerful uh, empire uh, on the planet back in the founding of our revolution and all the way through history. Uh, but God has blessed us. Uh, God has blessed us, and we could talk all night about why God has blessed us, and some things we'll point out in this chapter this evening. Uh, but we are a blessed people. And as we see the things that are taking place in our nation, and we must adjust to some of the things that uh, are, are, are changing around us, let us not forget that we're still blessed. There's, there's a lot of problems in our nation, uh, but I still believe America is blessed by God. And, uh, but I want America to be blessed by God in greater ways. And I look at this and I want to remind us uh, that even when uh, God's people were in bondage, God still took care of God's people. He still blessed them. He still took care of them. And so I want us to be reminded uh, that uh, where God is the Lord, uh, there is blessing. And so uh, in our church, uh, I want it to be evident and obvious that God is the Lord. That God is good to us. God has been good to us. Uh, and I want to give God the honor and glory for what he has done for us. In each and every one of our homes, I want us to give God the glory. Say, weren't we lucky to be born in America? No, we've been blessed by God, that God has ordained some things in our life uh, to help us have the things that we have. And God has been good to us. Let's jump into uh, what I want us to see tonight, because I want to break down this uh, chapter as we think of the fact that blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Uh, number one, we find if, if we find that blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, uh, there's a recipe there. Uh, it's not just, the psalmist is not just stating something that is a fact that is obvious, which it is. Uh, but I want to look into the Word of God. Whenever I see someone is blessed, a nation is blessed, I want to find out why so I can be blessed. Uh, likewise, the other side of that coin, if I find out that God is displeased, I want to find out why God is displeased so I can avoid that which displeased God. And there's a lesson for all of us tonight, Christian. Uh, don't go through your day not giving any consideration to what makes God happy and what displeases God. 
And don't be quick to dismiss and, oh, it'll all even out. No, we've got to live in a way that it, we know that it's going to honor God and avoid the things that are going to displease him. But in order to do that, we must see this. Now, I want us to notice the first three verses. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. A nation is blessed... A blessed nation is a nation that worships God. Now, there's a lot of things called worship today that's not worship. Uh, but blessed is a nation that worships God. Uh, just because there's a lot of things that are, that are mislabeled as worship doesn't mean that we ought to avoid worshiping God. It's amazing. And so many people say, well, I just don't believe in worship. No, everybody worships something. Everybody worships someone. And if God is our Lord, and he is, then he ought to be the one that we worship. When I was a child, you, you know my testimony. You know I've grown up in church, grown up in a pastor's home. It's been my whole life. I heard a very simple explanation when I was a child. Anything you put in the place of God is your God. Now, think about that. If there's something that keeps you from the house of God on his day... That's your God. Well, America, we still say, in God we trust. We have it on our money, but how many people worship the money more than they worship the God who's in Scripture? How many people say, well, I just don't believe in, you know, it's just, I, I, you hear this and, and uh, it's like, well, I don't, I don't follow man's institutions, God. I, those institutions, I just follow God. That's code for, I'm a season ticket holder, on Sunday. So they go to that temple of that institution and worship that God as opposed to worshiping the God. Uh, do you worship him? Well, I love the hymns. I love the song service and singing the hymns. And, and I don't know why I just... The last couple of services, since we have extra seats, it just sounds better in here. I don't, I don't know why. Or maybe I just sound better. Maybe I, I hear myself more. You know, that's not true. But, uh, you know, uh, you, know you, get a, you get a song in your heart. You sing that song. Well, let me rephrase that. Do you get a song that honors God in your heart? And you ought to. Uh, I almost brought a study out of the book of Ephesians talking about the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs. That's part of our worship of God. Well, Pastor, we sing, you know, all these songs on Sunday. Great, we, we should. But what about, your, what about your song service on Monday and Tuesday? And uh, I enjoy my song service on those days because I don't have, I can sing as loud as I want and nobody's going to judge me. And uh, worship him. Do you worship him? Rejoice in the Lord, are you righteous, for praise is coming for the upright. Uh, America, God, God's good to all of us, but America will be blessed that God wants to bless us if we truly worship him. So what do we do about that? We as a church, we got to keep his things, his things. You as a Christian in your home, in your marriage, uh, make sure our worship is what it should be in the object of the worship. Make sure it's the right object. Number two, we see, and this is so key, I could spend the rest of my time here. Verse 5, look at it with me. He, speaking of God, loveth righteousness and judgment. 
The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I think, I think of Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalteth a nation. The sin is a reproach to any people. He loveth righteousness. And I would say if we're going to be blessed as a nation, if we're going to be blessed as a church, if we're going to be blessed as a home, blessed as an individual, you cannot do that without righteousness because God loveth righteousness. God expects righteousness. Yes, there's the righteous who are saved, the doing of righteous acts, uh, the, the, good, the good works that are done. God expects righteousness. God expects holiness. Righteousness is not optional. Well, we want, we want to get God back. God expects righteousness. If we want God, God has bless, blessed this church. God is blessing this church. God will continue to bless this church as long as we follow God's recipe for blessing. And one of those is righteousness. There's a trend that's been in our nation for many years, and you can parallel the decline of our nation with this trend, is that the church trying to be like the world, to quote-unquote win the world, but they have forgotten one thing. God says he demands righteousness. God says righteousness is not optional. It's good for all of us to know from the youngest child to the oldest adult in here, God expects us to be righteous. Now, he blesses the fact that he has the redeemed, the saved, but he expects there to be righteousness in order for his blessing. He loveth righteousness and judgment. Righteousness is not optional. Maybe get back to the place. This is a good reminder for us. Righteousness brings the blessings of God. Uh, that's why truth has got to be preached. Truth has got to be lived. Truth has got to be loved. Because it is righteousness that gets God's attention. Uh, don't dismiss uh, how God looks at righteousness. Uh, and that's one thing we've lost in our nation, haven't we? Uh, we think we can throw around the name of God or religious things and and, uh, you know, just label all these things, all these different things. But God demands uh, righteousness. By the way, uh, there's a progression here. You can't have the right kind of worship without righteousness. Uh, and that's why I don't want to get off on this tangent. It's like, oh, we had a great worship service today, and we lived like the devil all week long. The greatest act of worship in the life of a Christian is the life they live. What do we call somebody who would get up and sing on Sunday and, or preach on Sunday or teach a class on Sunday and, oh, the Lord was so good and live a completely different life on Monday? We'd call him a hypocrite, wouldn't we? If you're not careful, if you're going to make a mockery, live one way, doing one thing, the point I'm making is the greatest act of worship that you and I can do is living a righteous life. Because in my decisions, I'm telling God, you're my God, and I'm going to do that which pleases you. You cannot truly worship the Lord as He desires to be worshipped. He demands to be worshipped. And quite frankly, He deserves to be worshipped if you and I are not going to live in a way that pleases Him. The greatest way that you and I can worship our God is with a righteous life, with a holy life. 
with a separated life. You can make the logical connection that if I'm going to truly worship the Lord, I need to live in a way that pleases Him. So if I, as a child of God, live in a way that pleases this world, who am I worshiping? It's not God. You know, it's, very, it's not as complicated as we make it. It's not as easy to live as many times as we would like, but righteousness is not optional. And I, you know, and I don't want to get, all, get off on, on this this evening because I want to stay uh, right on time tonight, uh, but it's something that bothers me amongst uh, the brethren. I'm glad I just have to take care of our little congregation here, but uh, oh, we need, we, need, we need revival. We need revival, and you want to cut righteousness out. You can't cut righteousness out. Let's get a hashtag movement. Go ahead. Uh, but you can't, you, can't, you can't cut righteousness out. Now, I preached on a lot of things Sunday night. And if you weren't here Sunday night, you just think of it. I preached against it. But it correlates with some of the things I said Sunday night. There's more than just cutting some things out of our life. There's things that we need to be doing. Uh, righteousness is not optional. I, I continue on. Number three, our confidence has to be in the word of God. Look at verse six. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. How powerful is God's words? You realize everything we see, everything that is, God did not need a chemistry set to create it. He spoke it. Man thinks, and, and it's amazing the things that God gifts man the wisdom and the ability to create. But man's never created something out of nothing. Everything he's created, he's used the parts that God's provided. Everything we have, God created, and he spoke it into existence. Well, we, we as Christians, we need a revival of confidence in the Word of God. The same Word, the same God who spoke and placed the stars where they are is the same Word we have in our hand tonight. We can have confidence in His Word. Verse 7, He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Why is that? For He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. I still say it'd be a good idea for all the inhabitants of the world to stand in fear of the word of God. Amen. Boy, we're missing this, not just in our nation today, but in our, our, our churches and amongst Christians, having a fear of what God actually says. You know, the first one that comes to mind when, when the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. And he connects the length of life to that command. You would think some would have a little more fear of what God has said. Well, if we had the fear of the word of the Lord, have come, but at the same time have confidence in it. The Lord bringeth the counsel, verse 10, of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. I always say, well, I'm thankful God did in the past. We see it for all generations. Psalms 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord. That's every generation. 
uh, has, can have confidence in the word of, the, uh, of, of God. Christian, do you have confidence in God's word? It's, it's a, it's a, it's, we ought to have more confidence in what God has said than in what we actually see. Pastor, I just see this and I see this. But what has God said? I know what God said, but this is what, I'm, this is what I see. But what has God said? I just don't see how. Stop right there. We've all thought that, but it doesn't matter. If God has said it, it's already done. It's as good as, good as done. You can, that's why if, you, if, if we, you and I can be reminded of this and you and I could live this way, it would change our living. There'd be a lot more boldness in our living as a child of God. There'd be a lot more confidence as we rear our children, as we build our homes on the Word of God. As a church, we say, well, this world is just, and even in our own country, but God says we build a sure foundation on His Word. Uh, how are we going to make a difference? We're going to do what God said. Why? Because we have confidence in His Word. Well, I, I don't think, you don't have to disagree with me on this. I don't think I'm an old man. You can say amen right there, but, you know. But I have lived long enough to have faced some things in my life when I can say I don't know how in the world I'm going to get through this. And I've gone and I've claimed a few words on paper that are a lot more than just words on paper. It's the very words of God that are preserved forever. And I said, well, I have nothing else I can do but just put all my confidence in what God has said. I mean, I'll stand here and testify because I got the mic tonight, but every one of us could testify to the fact that God's word is true. God's word is... So how do we make a difference in our nation to tie that in with blessed is the nation who is God is the Lord? But we ought to do what God says will get God's attention. We, we, we spoke about, if you were in the service Sunday morning, as, as you were, we talked about Esther and the fact that uh, there was fasting and praying. That still gets God's attention. Righteous living still gets God's attention. Putting confidence in the word of God. I love verse 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. You know, Congress gets together. And don't mean much, but... The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. What a great, great promise. You know, when we have confidence in the word of God, righteousness, we realize, is not optional. We have the proper worship of our God, don't we? Let's continue as we think of the blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You can also say blessed is the church whose God is the Lord. You say, Pastor, there's churches that don't have God's Oh, yeah. Blessed whose homes, blessed is the home whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the marriage whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the life whose God is the Lord. Look at me verse number 13. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. Well, that's a good reminder. We, we spoke a little bit of Sunday night on that, that repro, this reprobate society and the, the, the thinking that they don't have because God's turned their minds over and it's, it's an explanation of why a lot of people act the way they do. But make no mistake about it. God sees all. He's aware of all. 
He's aware of what's in every heart. But notice verse 16. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse, and horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. If you have even a casual relationship with the Word of God, which I, this crowd has much more than a casual relationship, how many times have we seen in Scripture when the, the odds were overwhelming against His people and their might could not save them? Their might could not give them the victory. Why? Because we see God is in, this is the point I want to make, God is in complete control. Is this world in chaos? Let me help you with that. I'm going to rephrase that from a question to a statement. This world is in chaos. But God's in complete control. God is in complete control. I'll be honest with you, over the last couple of years, there's some things that have shocked me. Shocked me. You know, you hear things, this is going to happen one day, not in my lifetime. Not, not in my kid's lifetime. Oh, we're just going to do them all at once. Okay. But you know who wasn't shocked by anything? God. Pastor, what do we do? You know, as we even looked at some of those things on, on Sunday night that I addressed, what do we do? We just remember God's in complete control. He's in complete control. Well, oh, Pastor, don't you, don't you know who, who's in the White House? I really don't. But let's just assume God's still in control. There's people who think they're in control, but God's in control. And you and I need to be reminded of that, that God is in control of what takes place. Uh, then lastly, look at verse number 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. From our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. A nation whose God is in the Lord, a church, a home, a life. Your hope is in God. Your hope is in God. You know, there's, there's I, I certainly um, voted differently than a presidential election turned out. There's a lot of people who voted differently than I think they even think they voted, but that's a whole other story. But I think one thing that we've been reminded of, our hope better be in God. I praise God for, and you know I like history and reading history, and all through time, there are those who stepped forward and did spectacular things for the better good of a nation, for a people, and God used that. I thank God for, for patriots. I thank God for those that do the right thing. But my hope is in God. Our hope better be in Him. Boy, this... Look at, with me at verse number 18 again. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. You know what we're being reminded of there? We better, we better focus on him. We better worry about what he thinks. 
You know what I've discovered about God? Maybe you've come to the same conclusion. God doesn't pass out surveys. Have y'all noticed that? God doesn't take polls. Well, by this poll, that no. God gives his word. God makes commands. God tells us how to get his attention. God tells us how to get his blessings. God tells us there's things to avoid because they lead to destruction. And as we follow those, God is paying attention to those that fear him and that hope in his mercy. Aren't you thankful our God is a merciful God? He is a merciful God. Verse 20, our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Now I read that verse and I'm reminded that if your hope is in God, you're never going to be disappointed by him. God will never disappoint you. You I I need to say that again. He will never disappoint you. You can have your hope. You may not understand everything God does. You can trust God. You know, parents, those of you that praying God gives you children, God gives you children one day, those that have young children, you got to trust God with that. I don't, I, you know, I heard this and this. you got to trust God. You know, well, I, this psychologist said that would damage my child. Better listen to what God has said. I trust God with that. You know what? And when they get to be teenagers, that's where that fasting and praying comes in. You know, you got to trust God with that too. And then when they get to be young adults and leave the house, that's when you celebrate the rest of your life. No, uh, you know, you got you to trust God with that as well. You have to trust Him. We have to trust Him. You know, as a church through the years, We've just trusted God, haven't we? Verse 22, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Pay attention to what the psalmist is saying. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. How's your hope in God? Something I, I have not, and, I've, and I, we've, we've done well, but I've made a point to make this a point through the last several years. We as God's people, we don't hang our head in defeat because our hope is in Him. We as God's people don't run around in despair. What's going to happen? What's going to take place? Our hope is in Him. We may not Like it, we may go through difficulty. All of us are going to go through difficulty. All of us are going to go through valleys. We have, but we know this, as long as our hope is in him, he takes care of us. He grants his mercy as we hope in thee. A lot of times I wonder how many times, according to this verse, we don't receive the mercy of God because our hope is in the wrong place. As we hope in thee. Well, God's good to us, isn't he? You know, as I consider the truths in this passage and the reminders that we have, and certainly 
the nation whose God is the Lord. And well, God certainly dealt with his people Israel in all their ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And when, when God was their God, Jehovah God, there was blessings. Because whenever God's people, I think a great example of this is as Moses brings them through all that he brought them through as we spent over the years studying through the book of De- Deuteronomy. Do you remember that? Getting them to the promised land. And we know he, they, he forfeited his right to go into the promised land. God raised up that leader, Joshua, to take them into the promised land. They get into the promised land, and some of, the, some of my favorite passages of Scripture is the end of Joshua, and he makes those two speeches, if you will, to the people. The second speech, he tells them those famous words of Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the days of Joshua, and go back and study this carefully. You, 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 you check this out uh, later tonight or this week. It says, in his days, and in his generation, I'm paraphrasing, and in the, his generation's days. So even beyond Joshua, God gave them peace. But you go to the, book for the first part of Judges, you find what God's people are doing. They're looking around at all the other gods. I said, well, our God doesn't look like their God. And that is the the story of decline. But, you know, how good has God been to our nation? You know what the problem is? Start looking around, everybody else is God's. We can take that a step further. You know what's been the demise of churches through the decades? It's not that God doesn't still bless. God blesses and God blesses. And then God's people start looking around at the gods of the day. God will continue to bless this church long after you're gone, long after I'm gone. As long as we follow, the people who are here follow God's recipe. But the moment God's people take their eyes off of him and put their hope in another, that is when those people get in trouble, God's mercy is withheld. That's why, and not to get off on, that's why Satan knows what he's doing. If he can get people to depend on anybody but God, on people depending on the government, people depending on, that's why your pastor is here for you, and you can call me, almost said 24 hours a day, but don't. Um... You better not depend on me. You better depend on God. There's people, all of us in here, we depend on one another. We know we mean when we say that. But ultimately, we must depend on Him. He must be our hope. So so what what do we do? Let's, Let's keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Simple, practical reminder from the book of Psalms. And well, blessed whose nation, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That needs to stay our prayer. That needs to stay our desire as we pray for our nation. That's how we pray for them. Um, I've said similar things to this, and you, 
you could probably guess where I fall politically. But I think we need to pray more for our nation's repentance than we do for Republicans to get into office. Now, I'm for getting the right. Don't, don't, miss, don't, don't leave here and say, oh, I knew pastor voted for Biden. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I paid my respects Sunday night. What I'm saying is, what is it going to get God's attention? You know, is there much difference but as far as God's concerned from a lost Democrat, a lost Republican? Now, we need our focus on God. We need to have our focus on Him. And what we got to do is we got to win, trying to win everybody we can to Christ. Win everybody we can to Christ. Win everybody we can to Christ. You know what that's doing? It's helping with righteousness. With righteousness. With righteousness. With righteousness. So we got to get all these things back. No, we just need God's, we need righteous people. And then God gives us the leadership that he wants us to have. So let's put our focus on him. Let's make sure our hope is in the Lord. I don't know what you're facing right now, but keep your hope in God. Keep your hope in God. I don't know, what's, I don't know what we're going to face in the future. Let's keep our hope in God. Let's be, let's be reminded, you know, as we, as we worship him, the greatest way you worship God is with your life. With your life. It's empty if our life does not back up our words. So let's make sure that we are doing the things that we know would please God, please him. That's my desire as your pastor is for me in some way through the teaching of the word of God, uh, through praying for you, through setting some kind of an example for you, is for you for you to live your life and use your life to please God. And if you please God, oh, God will bless. God will bless. How do we get God's blessings? Oh, we just keep pleasing him. We keep living in a way that will please him. Father, help us tonight to keep righteousness as a focus and righteousness as an